Exploring what can be done to help with pain and health challenges. This is Life Shouldn't Hurt with Grand Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy on 630 Ched. Welcome to Life Shouldn't Hurt. I'm your host, Grant Fedoric, and for the next 30 minutes, I have the privilege of listening to and sharing some amazing, very real life stories about lifestyle, health, and well-being with all of you amazing people. And today I have a special guest with us, something close to our heart because we've been so close to it, Monica Robson, Chief Executive Office of Pilgrim's Hospice Society. Welcome. Thank you, Grant. I'm so excited to have you here today because we've been getting to talk about this amongst ourselves for so long, but now we get to share this story, the story of Pilgrim's Hospice and the Rusin Centre with all of our guests today. So I'm going to start out with asking you a really simple question. What is Pilgrim's Hospice? Thank you. Um, Pilgrim's Hospice Society uh, was founded 29 years ago, and uh, we're an organization that supports people who are diagnosed with a life-limiting illness, as well as their loved ones and the people that are important to them. And we also help anyone who's grieving the death of anyone important to them um, from any cause in our community. And it goes so much deeper than that, because behind all of that, or up front maybe, not really behind is the Rusin Family Hospice Center. And I'd love you to walk our guests through, uh, you know, exactly what it, that's all about, what it looks like, who it's for, what's happening inside those walls. Well, the Rusin Family Hospice Center, we um, built and opened it uh, two years ago, just over two years ago. And um, it's basically a 12-bed residential hospice facility, so we care for people in the um, expected last three months of their lives with a progressive life-limiting illness. Um, they're no longer seeking active curative treatment. Uh, their goals of care are C, C1 or C2, and so uh, we look after them in those final, can be weeks, can be days, can be months. Um when they don't need acute hospice, hospital care, rather, but they cannot be cared for at home for a number of different reasons. And within the facility, we've also got um, grief support programming. We've got a day program that runs three days a week. Um, we've got our home visiting hub, which is a team of six physicians that uh, see palliative patients in our community. Um, it's basically a clinic without walls. We have the administrative space in our building, but our physicians actually go out and see clients, our patients in their homes. Um, many of them have home death. Oftentimes, they also get admitted to hospice if they need to be. It's so much more than somebody just coming to the center. It's uh, it's in the community, literally uh, and figuratively, but mm -hmm. literally in the community. It's located in Crestwood. And uh, probably my favorite part of it is that when you drive by it, it looks almost like a house. It looks like you're it's going you're going to a home uh, for those last days, not to die, but to live. Uh, and I think that's also one of my favorite messages that comes out of this is that there's there's a way to spend those last days, and it's not just waiting to pass to the next you know wherever it is that we go, but it's actually to spend those days in a dignified way with uh, people around you that love you and care for you. And and uh, there's so many ways that it happens these days. But of course, in a home would be the one number one way people would love that to be. 
Um, you're exactly right, Grant. So when you drive by, it does look like a big, beautiful home from the outside. And it very much looks like that on the inside, too. Um, when we designed the building, we were very mindful to make it as home-like as possible. And we want our residents and their family members to feel as though this is their home. Because for our residents, it is their final home. Um, and it's a really tough decision to leave your house. And so to go somewhere that feels warm and home-like and, envi and inviting is really important and something that our team works towards every day. Um, some of the things that, that we do on the inside to make it um, a way in which to live your life until the end, um, we do all sorts of fun things. There's music there are, we have Oilers watch parties. We have, um, we've had Oscar watch parties. We've had two weddings. Uh, we've had a hospice resident get married in our hospice. We've had a family member of a hospice resident get married in our hospice. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. What a story. We have, we've had your lovely family come yeah. and play the piano and sing Christmas carols. We have musicians come all the time and entertain our residents and their family members. Um, it it's really is about living and about um, enabling memory making um, for those residents and their loved ones for as long as we possibly can. We're visiting and chatting with Monica Robson, the CEO of Pilgrim's Hospice Society and the Rusin Family Hospice Center right now. And, and what uplifting stories, uh, all the stories that we hear to me are so much, so much more positive very uplifting when you hear them, like what you just described. And yes, we've been in there singing. Unfortunately, I, people had to cover their ears when I was doing the Christmas singing. That's what <laughs> happens. Um, but what's the average stay? How long? How long are the residents in in the center for prior to you know? Obviously, what happens at the end? Um, our average length of stay ranges anywhere between 19 and 22 days. So last year for the full year of 2022, our average length of stay was 22 days. What that means is we've had some residents that are with us for three, four, five months at times. And we've had others who have been with us for, you know, a couple of hours even from admission to a few days to a few weeks or short months. So they're living their life there, and there's medical assistance, obviously, through that period of time that they're cared for. What does that look like uh, as far as the team goes? So for our 12 beds, um, we have a staff of four uh, on at 24-7. So we've got an RN, an LPN, and two healthcare aides at all times. Um, we've got a group of physicians, the same physicians that uh, work in the home visiting hub, also cover hospice a week at a time, and typically those Docs are in daily, um, and they do their rounds, and they see patients and their families. Um, again, as as disease progresses, changes happen often rapidly, and it's it's really uh, beneficial for our, our physicians to be able to come in and to be able to see and um, react to those changes and make changes um, that they need to make to keep our residents comfortable as well. And then on top of that, sorry, we've got um, – got a social worker on staff. We've got rec therapists. We've got um, an amazing housekeeping team that keeps our, our home clean and, uh, and inviting and dietary team that makes amazing meals for our residents and oftentimes their families. I've got to share some of those meals. It is amazing. I think we could do an entire show about <laughs> the food. We probably, those that love to cook and talk about food, would just be blown away by the by the meals that are prepped and 
and prepared for these for the guests. Um, what and there's and there's space for families. There is absolutely there's. Um, we've got different sort of family room spaces. We've got some bigger rooms down in the lower level too that are kind of multi-purpose rooms. So often families will have family gatherings. That's where I said like they've had the watch parties and things like that. But families can stay with their loved one overnight as well in the room. Or we've got uh, one family room that converts to a guest suite. We've got a family washroom with a shower. So families, members can, you know, if they don't have to leave, if they don't want to, or if they've come from out of town, they don't have anywhere else to go uh, to freshen up. They've got space to do that as well. And and I think you've painted an amazing picture of a place that um, if, if you're going to experience this process, where else would you want to experience it? Let's let's also talk about the the patio and the and the outdoor space that's available because it's another thing. When I walk in those doors, it's a bright space, but there's also the opportunity to be outside. There is absolutely. So we have a beautiful courtyard, and um, residents and family members use it uh, certainly in all of the nicer months. We've also got a nice big front porch as well, where people oftentimes will sit out front too. Uh, But one of the things we were very mindful of when we built the building is we made sure that all of the doorways were wide enough to accommodate our resident in their bed. Because for many of our residents, they are bed bound and they aren't able uh, even to sit, you know, necessarily in a wheelchair or even a Broda chair for any period of time. So the beds fit all the way through the doorways. And we very often have residents out in the courtyard in their beds with their families, enjoying the sunshine some of these people haven't been able to get outside for months because they've been bedbound in their own home. And so to allow people the opportunity just to get that fresh air, to hear the birds sing, to see the flowers. We've got amazing gardeners that spend lots of time making sure that our gardens are beautiful. What a picture you just painted. I think uh, I'm, I'm thinking of going to sit on that patio as we speak because <laughs> while we sit inside, um, I can't wait to talk about this further. We're just visiting right now. We'll be right back after the break. We're talking with Monica Robson, CEO of Pilgrim's Hospice Society. And and I've just, I've got a smile on my face and hopefully you do too, because there's a right way to do this. And we'll be right back here on the Chorus Radio Network. Exploring what can be done to help with pain and health challenges. This is Life Shouldn't Hurt with Grand Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy on 630 Ched. Thanks for joining us today on Life Shouldn't Hurt. I'm your friendly neighborhood physiotherapist from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. And remember, you too can share ideas, thoughts, stories, feedback with me on Twitter at Leading Edge PT. And today we are so fortunate to be joined by Monica Robson, CEO of Pilgrim's Hospice Society and the Rusin Family Hospice Centre, right in our community here in Edmonton, looking after those people living their last days, uh, enjoying and, and getting to, you know, make the best of them. And I, I thought where we left off was a great spot, talking about the outdoor space, but I think it would be wonderful just to hear what a day in the life of a resident might look like. And if you've got some stories about that you could share with our guests just to paint that picture a little bit, I think that'd be wonderful too. Um, thank you. Uh, I think the day, a day in the life for a hospice resident, um, varies because we're very much patient centered. So what their day looks like should be what they want their day to look like. And our team does a really good job of understanding and identifying what that might be and, uh, and making sure that we can make that happen to the best of our ability. Having said that, there's no time, no specific time for breakfast at our hospice. You wake up when you wake up and breakfast is made to order. So 
Oftentimes, our residents are still eating. Uh, some might not be, but when the resident is still eating, whatever they want for breakfast is fine. We had one resident who wanted French fries for breakfast every day. So our chef made French fries for breakfast for her every single morning. Um, we then, our team will typically um, see if uh, which residents might like to have a bath. And we've got two beautiful therapeutic tub spa rooms Um all of our rooms, all of the resident suites as well as the tub and spa rooms are equipped with overhead lift systems. So it's very easy to get residents, even those who are bed bound, into the tubs. So they go right into the tub room in their bed. They're lifted into the tub. Um, it's a very therapeutic experience. Our team has even decorated those rooms with some like nice little twinkle lights. There's nice music. Um, they just make it really spa-like and enjoyable. And for some people who haven't had a proper bath or shower in months, it's really meaningful. It feels really good. They are they feel so much better. Um, and then, you know, back either into their room or oftentimes there may be music playing in the great room. And so they may go out into the great room and listen to a pianist or uh, we have a harpist that comes in. Um, lunch again is you know, we have a lunch menu, but again, for our residents, whatever they want or prefer to eat is what we, our chefs will try to accommodate every day. Um, afternoons, oftentimes we have pet therapy. So we'll have dogs coming through for a visit and many of our residents enjoy those, those visits. And we've got hairstylists that will come and do hair, uh, like hair, either cut or style hair for our residents. Um, we have massage therapists that will come in and do like just a massage uh, to help release release a little bit of that stress. And and then in the evening, dinner, again, we've got a couple of dinner choices, but oftentimes it's whatever the resident would like to have for dinner. Our chefs will make that accommodate, accommodation in the best way that they can. And while I was listening to you speak, I was sitting there going, what if somebody just tuned in and heard that story and they would wonder what the heck we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Really, I was thinking. And by the way, if you just tuned in, we're talking about hospice. We're talking about we're talking with Monica Robson, CEO of Pilgrims Hospice Society. So if you just tuned in and said, "Geez, that sounds pretty lovely. I wish I could go there." Well, I, you know, that's the way it should be. It, it really should. And as I was listening to you and talk about the tub rooms, it it hit a struck a note in my heart. My dad passed away uh, at sixty two years old, and uh, he spent his last days cared for in just the right way uh, and went through this process at the Grey Nuns Palliative Care Unit. But the one thing, the one thing he kept asking for over and over and over was a bath. Mm -hmm. You know, that opportunity, and he, it was so difficult for him to move him toward the end. He had cancer, it was advanced, it was kind of everywhere. And, you know, it was just, it tore at us to see that was the one thing he wanted. Seeing it at Pilgrim's Hospice, again, this whole show, I've got a smile on my face because it's the way that it should be for those people who deserve our most loving, caring environment that we could possibly provide. And I, I, it just reminds me of a story when the pastor came in and said to him, you know, my dad was sitting there and I was, I was paying attention. And when he walked in and my dad said, are you my friend or are you my enema? <laughs> and I just, I, it's just, I remember, you know, that those moments just being so touching because I was able to share them with him. And this is another opportunity mm -hmm. for families to share that. And I'm sure you've got stories. I think you've, you've created some, some amazing stories at Pilgrim's Hospice. Do you mind sharing one or two? Um, absolutely. I will share one of our favorite stories as a team. Um, 
we had a, a relatively young resident um, about a year and a half ago now, and uh, he was in his mid-20s. He had spent more of his life living with cancer than without and, um, you know, had been dealt a hand that you would never want to see anybody dealt. Um, but he was a huge hockey fan, and he was actually a Leafs fan, and uh, one of our nurses identified that in conversation with him, and uh, and we were able to connect uh, through the Oilers uh, organization with Zach Hyman, who had come from the Leafs just the year that year. And uh, we were really fortunate because the Oilers organization and, and Zach Hyman in particular agreed to do a FaceTime with this resident whose um, end-of-life journey <clears throat> was, had not been um, great for him. And, right. uh, and Zach Hyman spending 15 minutes with him doing a FaceTime call literally changed the, direct, the trajectory of his end-of-life journey. And it was an incredible gift. I don't know if Zach Hyman even knows what a gift he gave to somebody who he didn't even know at all. Uh, but it was incredible. And uh, and it was incredible to see somebody who really, you know, had not had an easy life have joy at the end of it. Yeah, and shout out to the Oilers organization and Zach Hyman for doing that. So if anybody runs in his circle, please pass along what an impact he made on on the life of somebody who, you know, needed that, mm -hmm. that lift at that moment. And I, I think you're right. You can't, you, no words can describe the impact something like that can have on somebody. There's so much more to Pilgrim's Hospice and the Rusin Center than just what's happening inside the walls. What brought us, what drew us to Pilgrim's many, many years ago, some 15 plus years ago, was the Expressive Arts Program. And uh, that, at the time, is it was an opportunity for children who were going through grief or going through lost a loved one or weren't managing very well to have an opportunity to express themselves. And it happened at Pilgrim's Hospice. Can you describe those kind of programs for those that are wondering what else happens? Absolutely. So we do have a number of community-based programs as well, the Expressive Arts program being one of them. Um, and that program is for children and teens who are grieving the death of a loved one um, from any cause in our community. So um, they come together. It's a group program. Um, and one of the things that we notice most with kids is kids often feel very alone in their grief because they don't typically know a lot of other kids, if any other, who have experienced the death of a loved one, um, whether it's a grandparent, whether it's a parent or a friend or a sibling. And so they come together in this group, and all of a sudden they're in a, in a, in a group of kids that all understand what they're going through, and all they have that commonality. And when you're a kid, I think a lot of kids don't really like to be different. And so to sit in this room and see these kids go around and say their name and the name of the loved one who died and like who they were to them and to see like, you know, a kid say like my dad died and then two kids over says my dad died. And then all of a sudden there's this, you know, Bond. shared connection mm -hmm. um, and the way in which they support each other. And we do it through art um, because oftentimes Children don't have the language to express how they're feeling, but they have the ability to draw or to uh, create with their hands or through music or um, things like that. Uh, so it yeah, really helps. And I, it almost brings a tear to my eye, not because I'm sad for them, but because of the opportunity that they're provided by the program. If you're listening to this show and you know of a child that's experiencing grief and having difficulty, I think 
the connection to Pilgrim's Hospice can go a long way. Monica, it's just been our pleasure. I, I think the one last question that we wanted to leave with is, do pe- how do people connect and do they have to pay? Um, people can connect with us directly. So you can visit our website, uh, which is pilgrimshospice.com. You can call. Um, the process for admission is certainly for residential hospice care. Uh, actually, for any of our programs, is you can direct refer yourself. And there is no cost for any of our programs and services. So they are all offered at no charge um, because we truly believe that when you're facing end of life or you're grieving, the last thing you need to worry about is how am I going to pay for my loved one to be cared for or how am I going to pay to support myself through this journey. And it's all about looking after them. Thank you so much for joining us today, Monica. We're here making a difference, trying to inspire, teach, and share real-life stories a chance to leave our communities healthy and vibrant. And of course, you're all an important part of this journey. Until next week, everyone, I'm Grant Fedork. I appreciate your time and trust. We'll see you next week.